0: Welcome to another episode of Pod, the podcast about life where we give you a taste of all the different things that happen in our 20s. My name is Andy and I'm back for another week. Uh, this time I've actually brought another friend. Would you consider yourself to be in one of my close friend circles, Brian? I think I'm like an individual close friend circle. Like I'm one of one. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, today's guest is Brian. Do you want to briefly introduce yourself and what you're doing nowadays? Well, I'm 22 years
1: old, so that's a start. Currently studying commerce and law. I mean, I was born in New Zealand and then made my journey to Australia when I was like three, I think. Yeah, not much
0: else. Mm -hmm. How did we first meet, Brian? Kindergarten, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah. I can't remember if it was like four-year-old or whatever-year-old kinder, but it was through kindergarten. I actually don't remember anything of it i just know that there's photos of us in the same next to each other yeah in the same group next to each other and Mm -hmm. then what we got separated in primary school and then in year (laughs) seven we just saw each other one day and we're like oh my god but i don't think i was that close with you in year seven
0: i think we first met in year seven but yeah we weren't really that close as you were hanging out with the cool kids meanwhile i was kind of in my own little bubble, and then I eventually, we crossed paths somehow, and yeah. No, I, I left that group. We got close in year eight, didn't we? I honestly don't remember when or why. I clearly remember because I consciously made the decision to leave that group. Okay, well, detail. tell. Explain.
1: I mean, year seven, I was like, I don't think I did that well in English. So then my mum gave me the biggest fucking spray at the end of year seven. So I was like, you know what, that's it. I'm changing friend groups. And then it was one, it was literally one day in English. I literally, or what was it? Maths. I literally just, I literally just came down and sat next to you guys. And then,
0: uh, oh yeah,
1: yeah, no, cause I used to sit at the back with the others. And then one day I walked into class and they were like, oh yeah, come sit in your usual spot. And I was like, nah, I'm sitting next to Andy. God and then damn. they, and then they called me like a trader for like six months, but that was funny. <sighs>
0: Oh, okay. No, this is actually rejogging my memory because I kind of forgot what classes we shared in Year 7 Year 8. But then I realized that because we were doing accelerated maths. Accelerated maths? What a class. (laughs) And then we had the same English and maths class and that's why we got close. Yeah.
1: Year 8 English was the best English marks I've ever gotten. (laughs) Honestly, it went downhill ever since you left.
0: I I left like brian's old high school for a different school in year nine so we only went to high school together in year seven and year eight pretty much mm. yeah but even though we went to different schools we still kept in touch for like on oh, no, off, for like four or five years and then we met yeah it was very again at uni. yeah but that's I a don't... good thing though
1: yeah i don't remember how we came together again at uni i don't remember
0: i also don't remember either uh, but i'm pretty sure we were just periodically talking for like it just naturally you know, happens here and there. Like that's a good thing because I feel like I don't. There's no pressure for us to talk regularly. It's just like, oh, how you been after like a few couple of months or like couple of weeks. Yeah, no, you can pick it up straight away as if nothing really happened. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. But the only memory that I have of you in high school or year seventy eight is. Do you remember when you picked a fight with another student in Year 7? I, I don't know if it was, year I think seven? it was Year 7, it might have been Year 8. But, Year 7, Year 8. I remember you got into a really big fight at lunch.
1: No, that was not Year 7, 8, that was Year 9.
0: You definitely weren't there. Oh, uh, okay. Well, uh you want to explain to me why I know and what happened in the fight? <laughs> and why you fought him? It wasn't
1: anything, I actually, it was like, uh... I think it was one time at lunch where we were just like play fighting with a bunch of other people, you know? Like a spa. And yeah, it was like it was like a friendly spa that like you only meant to like just touch and just cause like everyone was trying to, you know, assert their dominance on one another. It was yeah, like yeah. the big tall dude. And then I'm pretty sure I accidentally kicked him in the nuts. Oh. And then and then there was another student who was nearby and then he was like to the guy I kicked, he's like, oh, are you gonna take that? Are you gonna take that, and then, uh, then that's when it started. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not. I was like, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. And then one thing led to another, and then next thing you know, yeah. we were on the oval.
0: <laughs> I am. I would say ninety five percent confident that I was there, and I don't think it was Year Nine. I'm pretty sure it was Year Eight, man.
1: No, because it was when it was in front. It was in front of the Year Nine locker bays.
0: I remember a vivid image in my head. You. Going for a roundhouse kick. That's the only memory I have. It must have been
1: against, like, an older person. Maybe. Like I I genuinely don't remember. But this Man. is making me sound like as if I get into fights constantly. <laughs> I, I genuinely don't remember, but uh... I do remember that, like, some of the older kids in uh, in high school were trying to pick stuff with me because they knew that I could fight. True, true. Yeah, I don't know uh genuinely i don't remember year seven or eight anything happening i was like a i was a young
0: shy boy i wouldn't say so but come on no i was definitely a shy boy anyway how was high school for you there without me oh no i'm perfectly fine talking about high school it was the shittest
1: experience of my life (laughs) (laughs) put it bluntly no high school was okay when you left and then i was like all right i need to find friends again so i just went back into that friend group oh really yeah and then from the middle of like year 10, I kind of just branched off into a different group with the other, to put it um, nicely, the more intelligent people in the year level. <laughs> and then, yeah, because we were all doing like advanced maths or it was like doing methods in year 10 or 11 mm. early. Yeah. And it was that sort of thing. So then I never really had time for all of the other guys. I still, like, I still joined them in, like, basketball and stuff. That was fun. But nah. Um, high school was just a bunch of drama and a bunch of stress. Like, year 12, especially.
0: I think with the high school that we went to... it was a shithole. Yeah, but I think a lot of it has to do with because there was a public school. And the demographic was, like, I would say mostly, you know, Australian. You know, there wasn't that it many was, Asians. It was, oh, it like... It was quite a bit... But it, no, it was, it was like ninety percent yeah. white. Yeah, it was mostly dominated by like. But I was I was comfortable in in that environment. Yeah, but no, that, yeah, it suited you.
1: No, yeah, I felt fine.
0: I think in your seven, year, eight, I was pretty whitewashed as well.
1: I think so, if I remember correctly.
0: Like I still had you know like the typical Asian like tendencies, but yeah, when you left, you went down the Asian culture path. Yeah, no, but that that's just because I think. I, because I was in an environment where there weren't many Asians, you know, I think I kind of suppressed that side of me, like, mm. subconsciously. Mm. And when I went to a more, like, a very Asian-dominated um, high school in Year 9, I think it just kind of naturally came out. Because I was in, like, primary school with a Australian-dominated demographic, and then moving into a high school with the same demographic, I think I just didn't talk about Asian stuff.
1: Oh uh, Yeah, I think that's just natural. And mm-hmm. when you move into an environment, like you said, that has a lot of Asian people in it, then it's yeah. just naturally going to come out.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what's really oh. interesting, though? What? In year seven, because I, I even though I hung out with some of the, you know, the 40 white kids as well, mm-hmm. I also w- was friends with some of the Asian kids as well. I remember, I, I mean, I think I'm allowed to say this nowadays because it's, you know, in the past or whatever. I remember a lot of the Asian kids didn't like you. <laughs> just because i don't know they just i'm like oh okay. i had a I yeah. had a feeling i had a feeling yeah because, because i don't know why but
1: they were not very um welcoming <laughs> um yeah no they were quite standoffish but
0: yeah uh-huh.
1: i don't know what did, i don't know why like what did i do
0: i don't know i think the asians just stick to the asian but they they think that even though you're asian on the outside and the inside you're kind of white so then they're like nah, not not we don't want any of him here. <laughs> they're just haters. <laughs> they are haters.
1: Oh, man. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even... I don't even know if I could have been friends with them anyway. Like, they're just so different to what I enjoy. Mm. Um,
0: By far, you are the most whitewashed Asian friend that I have. I take that as a compliment. Uh huh. I mean, it as a compliment. I think it's a oh, good no, to have some thought like, sort about of balance. Yeah, no, but like yeah. some people
1: say it like as a negative. But I'm like, uh. no, nah, I find it pretty. I like that that I'm sort of out there and a bit unique mm. compared to others. But no, I would definitely, I would admit, yeah, I am probably the most whitewashed person or like, yeah, Asian boy.
0: Have you sort of like looked into that and do you know why or how? Do you think it, your environment or the people you surround yourself with has an effect on that?
1: Probably. It's probably that and also just um, how I've grown up around with my family and stuff. Like, my family don't really associate with other Asian people as well. We did for a bit, but something happened when I was younger where they just kind of cut everyone off. Mm. So then they there's this thing where they're just like, we much prefer dealing with the white folk. And I don't know. I'd go kindergarten. I'm pretty sure kindergarten was predominantly white. I'd imagine
0: Ye- I think yes. it was.
1: yeah, it was. Yes. I think we were like the only two Asian people in that.
0: I think there was someone else and a few others, but no, F- they're not
1: important. Um, <laughs> <laughs> primary school, I genuinely remember I was one of four or five in like the yeah. whole year. And so I think from, just like you know younger you get accustomed to the white i don't know if it's white culture or but like with their interests yeah and then you kind of just feed off of that and then Mm -hmm. when you when you move into a new environment like high school you you definitely see that there's asian people and there's white people but the thing that brings you together like throughout my primary school into kindergarten life it's i've only been interested in things that the white people were interested in so that kind of made me gravitate towards them or and they mm-hmm. were and they were accepting of that because i was able to contribute i yeah. i believe that would contributed to that so yeah. then so then yeah it was yeah i don't know like if i was to be put smack bang in the middle of a group of asian people like sure i'd get along with quite a lot of them i'd assume But there wouldn't be any deeper connection. Like, I probably wouldn't be able to relate to them on a personal level.
0: Mm, I think that's a good explanation for it. Anyway, last week, me and my friend Kevin spoke a lot about our appreciation of, like, Korean culture and K-pop and stuff. Mm. As my only Korean friend, Brian, my first question is, why do you dislike K-pop? Why do I dislike K-pop? Yeah. Um...
1: The first reason is, I find it to not be my type of music.
0: Yeah, I mean that's fair enough, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. Which is, I, 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 I was just about to go really harsh there, but then I realised <laughs> I should probably hold back. Um, <laughs> no, not my type of music. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I did, I did give it a go when, oh,
0: not really, but when, when you tried to convince me. I remember I tried to convince you were so confident. To listen to... I don't know who I even suggested, but... I have the history. I have received it. It was, it was Blackpink. Would have been Blackpink. But the thing is, I think a little bit of it would have been Big Bang as well. Because I know, like, the I old respect school... respect Big Bang. Yeah, like, the old school, like, K-pop groups probably have better respect now. But fair enough that you don't like the sound of K-pop i find it just really cheesy mm. no but that's because i think that's just a stereotypical like image of like especially with female groups right they have like beauty concepts or whatever so i think that sort of like k-pop like the pop side of things is you know probably not your type i know that you listen to like hip-hop and like r&b and stuff right like i, yep. I could see you potentially get into k-hip-hop and B, like that whole scene this is exactly what you said a couple years ago, and it hasn't worked. <laughs> I mean, I haven't tried. Okay, I just gave up for I'm like, there's no point anymore. <laughs> um, uh... but no, it's just I don't know the
1: whole blending between Korean and then English. Like, yeah, I fully respect the. I fully respect it that they have to, you know, develop their music and in order to uh, gain a wider audience, they you know appeal to the masses. But mm. just. The way that they blend English into it, I'm like, mm, no, no, <laughs> um,
0: please don't. I think that's has been a result of just the phenomenon because obviously now BTS is fucking like they're global. They
1: they they're you know they've they're like bunkers. hit
0: mainstream like global. You know when BTS is like number one around the world like they're going in to the, the, the US charts or whatever. You know like that's insane. I me. wouldn't
1: be su- I wouldn't be surprised if they were the first band to perform on the moon. The moon? I mean they performed
0: at the UN. What are your opinions on, you know, BTS's western success? Do you feel proud as a Korean? Or... I respect and am proud that
1: Korean culture has gotten the recognition that <laughs> it's been trying to get for a long time. Um and if if it's BTS that does it then all the respect to BTS for doing it. I mean, someone yeah. had to do it and it just ended <laughs> up being BTS. Mm, true, um, true. What I think of BTS as a group is a different question. <laughs> but um, no, no, I respect that they're expanding everything and they're going into different markets. And it's only a matter, I reckon, I mean, you see it now with mainstream artists asking Korean K pop groups or K pop artists to collab on songs yeah and it you know how like if you go on spotify you see like a random spanish song in there That's yeah probably going to be only a matter of time until like on the australian charts or something that a full-on yeah. full korean song is going to be on there mm. so i i like it yeah um mm. would i listen to it no <laughs> or maybe once just to see how it is yeah um but then i'd probably listen to it and i would be like This doesn't have repeatability factor for me So then I'll just like Mm. not listen to it again
0: Yeah Another interesting thing that as a Korean you don't like to do Is going out to eat at Korean restaurants Yeah, no I kind of get that though because you eat Korean food at home
1: Yeah, no The thing is if there was a Korean Like I've spoken to my family about this If there was a Korean place out there that made food that under me or my family actually enjoys paying for then we'd eat it but we haven't found it yet yeah and I uh, it a lot of it's just based on like personal experiences and stuff because i think the earliest memory i have is when i went to la we added this korean restaurant because my dad wanted to eat there mm-hmm. um but then yeah we ate it like it was okay and then the, I think it was like the owner or something was just being incredibly rude to my dad when we were about to leave. Right. So then there was that. And then we're just like, oh, we're not coming back here again. Or we wouldn't be because it was in America. But anyway, and then when we eat out, like, say, for example, in Melbourne in the city, it just doesn't, it doesn't hit the same. Yeah. And I feel like that's the same with like every other culture. Like, of course, food that you have at home is going to be. Yeah, to better. you better. Yeah, uh-huh. but yeah. I would like if I was paying, I would not pay to eat Korean food. If someone else was paying, sure, I'd have fucking eat it. Yeah, but true. I wouldn't fork out because
0: like, isn't it? Exp- I actually don't know. Isn't it quite expensive? It depends on what sort of Korean cuisine you're going to. Obviously, Korean barbecue is like expensive. Is it actually? It's a bit more pricier than like you. You spend more money at a Korean barbecue restaurant than you would spend at a normal Korean restaurant. Uh, but okay. it depends on where you go, though. Obviously, for instance, if you want jjajangmyeon or whatchamacallit. am that 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 sort of stuff, normal dishes, right? Mm. Then it's actually pretty cheap.
1: When I was younger, I was the
0: biggest jjajangmyeon fan. I loved it because you normally eat jjajangmyeon with um, what's 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 that dish called? It's it's like pork, but Oh, tangsuyuk. You eat it with sweet and sour pork. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you, you know, I don't like that. My family ridicules me for not eating it. It goes hand in hand, right? Like, I'm not wrong, right? Like, normally you'd eat it together. I think...
1: Yeah. (laughs) you're asking the person who doesn't eat Korean food outside.
0: Yeah, I know. (laughs) I think that's valid because if I were... Like, I really eat Vietnamese food outside.
1: Yeah. But I love Vietnamese food outside.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. So I think it's just a matter of uh, what culture or what cuisine you're born into. Mm. I think food at home tastes infinitely better. So yeah,
1: cuz we always have hope whenever we whenever someone recommends us the Korean restaurant, we go in with hope. But then we always end up being like, why did we have hope? <laughs> I'm sure that there I know genuinely, I'm sure that there is a really good place out there that I would love to pay money for, but if someone yeah. knows, then please let me know.
0: Like like I, I I'd love to find it. I feel like also our standards as a non-Korean, is immensely lower than your parents. No, yeah, no, that
1: is something that my mum did mention, like we were talking about it once. Then she was just saying like people of other countries don't exactly know what to look out for, like what to taste. Mm -hmm. So then Mm -hmm, they just go in and like if it's good, then they love it. But because we've got our expectation of eating a certain standard, anything less than that, we're like, nah, we'll just have it at home.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, now I have a new quest in life is to find the Korean restaurant that Brian would love to eat at and would pay money for. Yeah, uh, you've got you've got you've got two missions. Convince me of K pop yeah. or K pop R and B. Completely given up on that, dude. Like that's that's you long gone.
1: I don't really think you can convince a person who listens to drill every day to go into K pop.
0: Anyway, back to the topics. Your parents, from an outsider perspective, I think your parents are pretty strict, right? They are. Yep. So, do you have any thoughts, opinions on that? Like, how have you dealt with all that growing up? Back when I was younger, I absolutely
1: fucking hated it. It was mm. the possibly the worst thing ever. You, I remember there were multiple, multiple events, parties, gatherings, whatever you call it, that yep. I was... Just either couldn't go or was too scared to ask. Ooh. Just to Yeah, no. There were times where I was too scared to ask because I was worried about what sort of response they'd give. Because ever since primary school, they were just hammering me on grades. Like the thing is you look back and it's like, what what benefit did hammering me for grades in primary school do? Like hmm. I mean, for them, it's probably, I mean, I can see the big picture for them, it's probably just like, you know, get your work ethic in young and yeah. like, you know, do well young and continue it forward when you're older and stuff like that. But like, when I was younger, it was probably so bad because there were so many things that I just missed out on in a childhood. You know, there'd be things where people were like, oh, did you do this as a kid or whatever? I'll be like, I've got no idea what the hell you're talking about. It was especially bad in like year in like high school, middle of high school, year eight, nine, and 10. Yeah. Because, yeah, I reckon year seven and eight for us was probably when we went through the most amount of change um, mm. as a person. You know, that's yeah. when things kick in and, you know, mm-hmm. you find things, you find out things about yourself. But, yeah. <laughs> <That's laughs> No, <laughs> not like that, but like, you know, <laughs> no, that's when you're like most active, you want to, reckon that's when you have the most amount of time and the most amount of energy. Yeah. Like, so, that I've like, experienced. Like, socially? Like, socially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, you're meeting everyone every day, you have so many friends, and then back at that age, like, everyone's very inclusive, I'd say, to a degree. To yeah, a degree. Yeah, 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 yeah. Relatively. And yeah. like... People are inviting everyone to all these parties. People are inviting all of the, all of these people from outside and everything. And you're like, oh my God, I really want to go. Yeah. But then no, it was so daunting even just to ask especially my mum. actually, let's just, it's not parents. It's just my mum. Um, yeah. <laughs> just to ask her, even if it was like my best friend's party, birthday party, but I had like a test. The week after it was game over, not, nah, not happening <laughs> it, it, it was literally lights out. I was not allowed to do absolutely anything during a semester of yeah. school, nothing. I just, st- I'd be just stay home, train, come back, go to school. And yeah. then in the two weeks of holidays, I'd probably squeeze in as much as I can. But if I did try in as much as I can, my parents would be like, why are you going out so much? So then I had to balance that as well. Mm. You'd now enter, because of our, you know, our advanced maths program (laughs) and how I was doing methods a year early in year 10, it was now then you've got to put all your time and effort into this one math subject and if you had yeah. any distractions at all, it would be game over. You would then be absolutely berated by my I'd be absolutely berated by my parents for even thinking about doing something else like if mm. even if like a sack was weeks away and I'd be like, hey, can I go I don't know, like play you basketball or something, they'd be like what's wrong with you? And I'm like oh, sorry <laughs> damn i feel like i feel like that has a lot of implications on how you interact with people in real life yeah because Mm -hmm. you're always like you've grown up trying to think of ways on how to get approval but then like in the real world people don't really give a shit then your confidence gets affected and then that just has Mm -hmm. a flow-on effect on everything that comes on after it yeah so then that's definitely you know something when I've entered uni, like as soon as I finished high school and then entered uni, they pulled back a bit. But by bit by a bit I mean there were still some restrictions, but like they wouldn't be on me like a hawk. They'd be like, do what you want to do, but don't let it affect your grades. But then they'd yeah. still they'd still be like Oh, you're going out too much, or like you need like I respect it because they're trying to look out for you and everything, which I can see, you know, now. But back Mm. then, you're just hating, you're just hating them and everything. It's only been in the past two years, I'd say, where they've really, you know, just kind of pulled everything. But I wasn't even allowed to use my um, bank. I didn't even know my bank details until about two years ago. (laughs) Genuinely, I had I had I had no access to my money. They'd only oh. give me cash. And then that was it. That's all I had for the week until yeah. I ran out and then I had to ask them for more. I, don't know. I, was, like, I was like to my mom, mom, how am I supposed to learn what the value of money is if like I don't actually yeah. have any money? And then she's like, oh, no, don't worry. There'll be a time. There'll be a time. It's not now. And then I didn't really care at the time because money for me wasn't a big issue. There was nothing that I needed to buy or there was nothing yeah. that. You know, there was nothing like that or like, I didn't have any bills to pay or anything. So I was like, okay, whatever. I don't really care. They're giving me money to spend and then I I can live off that. Hmm. But then, yeah, it was only about two years ago when I had to actually, I think it was like reapply for my card because I didn't use it for like so long I tried using it once and then it was like card I don't know card deactivated or something so I had to oh go into God. the bank and I was like what's wrong with my card and they're like yeah it's because you haven't used it in about 2 years and I was like oh and that was and my mom was there and that was when she was like okay maybe we should start you know making make you use your card so then that's mm. when it started with my money thing but right. then now oh. with me like planning events and stuff They don't really care what I do, but they don't. They still like don't want it to be in like the middle of like exam season or assessment season, which is fair. Like even I wouldn't do that.
0: Would you say that your parents' teaching habits have actually worked? There are some things that have worked, but there are a lot of things
1: that when you look back, you laugh at. Like you can laugh at it because it was just so ridiculous, or it like didn't have a lot of weight into how I am now. Right. there, There, there would be times where. I would be sitting at the table and I'd be like, hey, remember when you made me do this like in year 11? Ha, huh, year 11? You don't need to try in year 11. Mum. what's that got to do with anything? And then we'd laugh. But like right. back then, back then it was like, "Yeah, this is life or death. You have to do this.
0: Now I guess I have an image in my head about like a popular K-drama, which is literally centralized on the parents trying to get Their kids into like, um, oh, it's
1: it's called um, it's called Sky.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Sky Castle. Sky. Yeah, my 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 um, mum and sister watched that, so I know what it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I watched it. Imagine that.
0: Yeah. Like that's literally the image I have in my head right now. Like I think that drama kind of opened my eyes into how far some Asian parents can get into trying to get their kids to have good grades and whatnot. Mm, no, it is, yeah, yeah. It get to a point where they wouldn't even think about how it affects the kids' mental, but they only care about the grades, and that's all they care about like i mean when you're
1: when you're younger, the only thing that really should matter oh, I don't know, the only thing that really is at the forefront of their mind is grades because yeah. Coming from, I can fully respect and understand coming from their position because, you know, they've moved yeah. to a completely new country and they want their kids yeah. to succeed and everything. And what's mm-hmm. the best way for us to succeed? It would be like, yeah, great, first of all, yeah. education. Yeah. Um, and if it's, and they'd especially hammer that, and if there was something that they didn't have, like, I know that, I know that my mom didn't, didn't get to, she's like pushing mm. that on like her kids. And which is I fine. Like, you look yeah. back on it, it's like, yeah, you can completely understand it. But mm. at the time, it was absolutely horrible. I fully respect what they did. But I think that they could have gone about it a different way, which is probably the case for most restrictive parents. Mm. Um, but, yeah, no, it. those are just things for us to learn. It's like, if I have kids, then I wouldn't be doing it the way that my parents did it. But Mm. I'd still, you know, instill work ethic and everything that they tried
0: to do. Mm. Yeah, I think it's just a generation thing as well. It is a generation thing. Yeah, Yeah. like, you know, if your parents come from more, like, from a more traditional background, I think that's a very common thing for Asian parents to do, sort of just enforce... Rules with study and like going out.
1: Thing is, like my parents would constantly remind me that I had it easy.
0: Genuinely,
1: there be <laughs> there be times so where they're like, "Ah, oh, this isn't anything compared to like compared to what we did to your sister." Like apparently, my parents pretended that they couldn't speak English for like twelve years to make my what? sister, um, you know, speak English to strangers Whole and like improve English skills like that. Like that's like, Damn.
0: That's, like, one of the stories. That's one way to get your kid to be more confident and more independent? What the hell? I think it was... There's a story of my sister where I think she was, like, eight
1: and she really wanted to go to IMAX cinemas. Right. And, like, she asked mum or dad, like, oh, can we go? Can we go? And then I think it was dad. Dad was like, no, we're not going unless you ask. So then when she was, like, eight years old, she had to call up. And like, oh my god You know, organize everything and, <laughs> and that was the only way that they That they would do anything Was if she did it Oh so my then, god So then even my sister like teases me they're like, She's like, oh, you've, you've had such an easy life <laughs> But the thing is Compared to my sister I have Because my mum or dad There's a lot of Asian families out there That really push musical instruments And tutoring And extracurriculars And education, whereas mm. for me, it was just education and taekwondo, that was it. So I yeah. didn't have to worry about getting up at like 6am to do piano practice or something Yeah, for five hours, which is, which is nice. But then mm. she still reminds me that if I did, and if I did do all of that, then I would have become a dentist, but, um, no, she still wants me to be a dentist, sorry, mom, I'm becoming a mm-hmm. lawyer instead. I'm sorry.
0: All right, this is like kind of branches off what we were talking about. But do you want kids? Do I want kids? Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. But that's
1: that's we're looking. Yeah. At least at least a minimum ten years. So I'd be have I'd have to be at least
0: thirty two. Thirty two. Okay. But when you raise the kids, do you think you're gonna adopt the same sort of restriction as? Your parents have raised you? No,
1: definitely not the same restrictions. There are some restrictions which mm. I believe is good for any for any kid or for any parent uh-huh. to implement.
0: Yeah, There are some. Obvi- obviously. Very yep. few.
1: Mm-hmm. But um, I wouldn't be going about it the same way. I would s- rather implement personality things more like work ethic or drive yeah. or... Power. Or... Man... <laughs> We are not doing that. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. Nah, but stuff like that, you know, like how you, mm, how yeah, you, get you. like manners and stuff. I feel like, I feel like manners is like a, a lost yeah. thing in a mm, lot of kids right. these days. Well, I'm, I've not wanted, I'm not one to judge on how people yeah. bring up their kids. Like I, who, who the fuck am I supposed to say? Just like observations yeah. in public. It's just like, like that was not how yeah. I was raised. But once again, that's a generational yeah. thing. So no, I would want kids, but I the only time I'd want kids is if I'm fully settled yeah, in my no, job, as me. in have reached a certain level, making a certain amount of money. And if my partner slash wife is also in a similar position, mm-hmm. now we're going into how I would raise my family. <laughs> now, moving into that <laughs>
0: Um I I completely agree. You got to teach your kids respect and personality, sort of things, and manners, you know, because ultimately, as a wise man once said, manners maketh man.
1: Manners maketh man, wise words.
0: I think another sort of interesting question, though, would you force your kids, not force, but like sort of like loosely guide them into like a career path?
1: My initial response is no, but who knows (laughs) what will happen when I'm older. But the thing is, this is also how my parents view it, and it's something that I'll probably translate as well, translate into my mm. life as well. It'd be like, pick whatever you want, as long as you are the best at it. Ooh. Like, I don't want you to go into, for example, architecture, if you just want
0: to be, you like know. another cog in the wheel. Yeah, like another right. cog in the
1: wheel. If you want to go down architecture, then you become the best architect in Australia or try to. You try to become the best architect in Australia. You you make your ambitions that big. And if you can convince me, or maybe not convince, but if you can show me that you are on that path, then I would fully support Mm, that. Right, But... When they're young, I don't want, like when they're like, what, 12 years old, I don't want them to, I don't want to put them on a path that yeah. only, that can only lead yeah, to one that's thing. Fair. When I was younger, I really wanted to become a sports yeah. athlete, like a professional mm-hmm. sportsman. And like taekwondo was probably the easiest way mm. for me. Like I was quite yeah. good, boost my ego <laughs> a bit. I was yeah. quite good. There was, I remember there was a time when I was, Younger, where my mum sat me down, and she was like, Do you want to become a professional sportsman or do you want to do better in, it, in an education? My heart was telling no. me go down the sports route. Pick... My heart was telling me to go down the sports route. But then in my mind, I'm like, I really am scared of what she's going to say if I say that. So then I just damn,
0: dude, that could have been a life changing moment right there. If you beat the other
1: genuinely could have been okay, life changing. Right,
0: right. And I fully believe if I went down that
1: path, I would have been very successful. But in the back of my mind, I was like, I cannot disappoint her. I cannot do this. Like I have to answer the way in which she wants it to be answered. And that is education. So I was like, no, I will do my best in my education. So then that's how I'm here. But yeah, no, I definitely wouldn't. Um, when they're like younger, put them on a path that would only lead to one outcome, I'd be like, do whatever you want, as long as it's not sex, drugs, or having kids. Um, Uh but yeah, do whatever. And then if you find something that you really like, then we can pursue that. But if you still don't know what you really like by the time you get to, I don't know, year 11 or 12, then I feel like that's when you have to kind of have that conversation, Mm. but you would hope that in the meantime that they would find something that they're really passionate Mm. in. And if you do find something that you're really passionate in, then put in the time and effort Mm, for it. Yeah.
0: No, I think I think the same way as you. I think that's a pretty good way to summarize it actually. Anyway, Brian, I think that's approaching the time. I always get my guests to recommend Something to the listeners. So what do you recommend for the people at home listening to the podcast right now? It can be a song, a book, movie, TV show, whatever. Do you have anything?
1: I would recommend th they watch Drive to Survive.
0: What's Drive to Survive for the people who don't know what it is?
1: Drive to Survive. Well, it's um a reality I would call it I'd call it a reality show about the politics and the background behind the scenes clips and interviews of formula one and how absolutely hectic formula one is like you genuinely don't realize just how intense and how how much is at stake until you watch yeah. that show like people would think that oh it's just car driving they come into the pits and they you know change the wheels yeah. and you know they talk yeah. on the radio <laughs> but no it, there's so many Different nuances and so many different things at play. It's literally like a storm of about a thousand things going on at once, and you're competing against another, what, 10 teams, and you need to best every single team be at the very top. But then at the same time, you need to navigate your way around the politics of the paddock, of all the drivers, of all the teams, everything, whether that's an engine, driver, car. Everyone's fighting again. It's quite toxic actually when you yeah. when you watch it. Like genuinely. It's like yeah. high school. Like, but it's so good. You get such a deep insight yeah. into it. And I reckon if there's one thing that people were to watch, I'd reckon yeah. watch that. Because it is genuinely good. And Formula One happens in April. Australian Grand Prix. April.
0: I will be there. Will you be there? I will be there too. <laughs> exciting, exciting. 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 I think that's all we the time we have for, for this. Week. Get into so, Drive to Survive, yeah, people. That that's the the message for this episode. Get into Drive to Survive. Anyway, um thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks Brian for joining. Uh I if liked. you enjoyed, make sure you subscribe so you know when the new episode comes out. Um and yeah, rate five stars on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And I guess I'll see you guys next week.